You're listening to the Podcast Factory. Yes, greetings everyone. This is Kabaka Pyramid from Kingston, Jamaica. I, I'm actually in the uh, beginning of making a, a song that's called Stop Touching My Belly, I'm Lactose Intolerant. When I was, you know, when I was a baby, I was really into just uh, doing weird pictures and I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid. I just want to be able to continue on doing what we're doing and have Metal Church get out there to get to the level where the band deserves to be, where Kurt Vanderhoof deserves to be, and the music that he's written. That, that's what I would like. But all you had to do was be able to make some noise and express yourself, and it was complete freedom, and there were no rules and no expectations. There was simply self-expression. Reach to the stars. Do the best you can. Put all your energy behind whatever you partake in life. Do the best. Do it 100%. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of What's Your Story? My name is David, and we have a new guest in front of our mic. Um, Andrew, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, hello there. Uh, my name is Andrew Coots. I'm the CEO of the International Fertility Company. Uh, we were established in 2017 uh, and we provide opportunities for people who wish to travel across the globe for any type of fertility treatment. Now, um, how did you end up in the International Fertility Company? Um, are you a doctor? Are you, what, what is your background? So, so my background um, is a bit mixed. Uh, I started off uh, in the law. Um, I did a degree in law and education. Um, so I went from law into uh, teaching. And then um, later in my career, after having some personal issues with fertility, um, joined a not-for-profit organization in the UK called Fertility Network UK. Um, that was about 10 years ago um, and provided some sort of basic marketing advice for the, the not-for-profit. Um, came across a number of people who were, it, had experienced similar sort of things that, than I had um, and got really interested in the amount of people who had been affected by infertility in many different ways. Um, and then really decided to, to use my sort of personal experience to help others in similar situations. Yeah, so that's actually because that was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask is like um, when you founded the company in 2017, um, there must have been a, a certain need um, why you're like feeling that there's this need in, in the market, there's this need in the world, something that is still missing and that you want to offer a specific service to those people. Yes, that, that's it. I mean, I think when, you, when you're when going for any type of fertility issue to yourself, you feel probably like you're the only person actually clearly seeing it. Um, but when you sort of take a step back or if you look online or if you, you, you read anything, you realise then how many people um, have been affected by fertility. Um, and I suppose I was shocked in the first instance just by the numbers of people um, at various stages of their life that have been affected um, in, in different ways. Um, and I suppose once once I had successfully um, uh, achieved uh, a, a family, um, I just wanted to uh, 
I suppose, wanted to spend some time um, helping other people achieve the same thing. Now, of course, um, fertility problems are like a large uh, group of problems that can occur um, because I think most people uh, just focus on, um, yeah, like actually having the baby, of course, and then uh, not getting pregnant. Um, but there are, of course, uh, a, a wide variety of reasons why you can't get pregnant. Um, could be linked to the male partner, uh, the, the female partner. Um, but I can imagine you also, as the international fertility company, maybe also treat, uh, for example, uh, homosexual couples or lesbian couple, couples specifically uh, for fertility or... Yeah, yes, we do. Um, I mean, put, to put it simplistically, um, in terms of fertility issues, you, you can sort of divide that up in three ways. So you have sort of male factor fertility, which perhaps um, accounts for a third of, of all infertility issues. You've got a, the, the, the woman's um, perspective um, and, and issues related to, to the woman account for another third and then another third um, is described as unexplained fertility so that's when um, a couple have issues with fertility and there aren't any obvious reasons for why they're not getting pregnant you have um, a number of different reasons um, why people have uh, problems conceiving um, but um, equally we also do work with um, uh, same-sex couples who are looking to um, identify countries where they can be treated and, and achieve a family. Um, we also increasingly work with a number of uh, single people, um, the majority of which are single women who um, potentially could have decided that they wanted to remain single um, or um, just have got to a, a particular point in their life where they are still single, but they're looking to uh, conceive uh, and have a child. Um, and so we have a number of sort of different um, people coming to us at different stages of their life, looking for types of treatment in different Now, I know that um, even in 2021, uh, I have friends that, that um, did IVF. Um, I also have a friend that uh, is in fact a single parent and chose to be. Um, so she already went to the fertility program like that. Um, but even in 2021, um, there are a lot of countries where, where uh, fertility treatments are still like taboo uh, or even some countries where it's still forbidden. Um, I can imagine that that will also be a part of, of people reaching out to, to you and the International Fertility Company. Yes, there, there, there are um, obviously there, there are some uh, diff great differences uh, geographically between between countries, um, and the uh, the legal framework framework which exists for uh, people who are looking for fertility treatment. Um, so you have uh, countries like Spain, uh, the UK, uh, Greece, in perhaps in Central Europe, where there are fairly liberal fertility laws. Um, where most couples, um, whatever their status, can uh, access uh, treatment. Um, there are certain countries, um, perhaps in Eastern Europe, where uh, certain couples or certain individuals can't access treatment. So, for instance, some countries will say, uh, unless you're a married heterosexual couple, 
um, you won't be able to access any treatment in our country. Other countries will say um, we, are, we'll, we won't offer any treatment to same-sex couples, for instance, or single couples or a single person. Um, other countries are far more liberal, where they offer uh, what we call commercial surrogacy. So that's when um, a couple um, or an individual can pay uh, a third party, a surrogate, to, to have a child on their behalf. Um, some countries allow this, some countries don't. Um, mm -hmm. So it all depends. All depends on what sort of which country you're travelling to, um, but for for a particular type of treatment. Now I can imagine that these people can can reach out to the international fertility company um, to get help in their specific situation. Yeah, of course. So, so we're actually, um, although we're predominantly based in, in the UK, we, we have got satellite offices in Europe, um, in the US, um, and we have a number of staff. We have 16 staff now who are able to um, advise anyone, wherever they're based in, in the world, um, who are looking for treatment. Um, we provide a completely free service, um, so it doesn't cost uh, an individual anything at all to contact us. Um, but what we can do is we can advise on those countries which offer the type of treatment that an individual or couple are looking for. Um, we can actually identify a treatment provider and we could also arrange for a free consultation between the individual patient and the clinic. Now, how does it all work uh, practically? So imagine um, I'm in a relationship, we have fertility problems, um, for one reason, I, there is not a possibility in my country, so I reach out to you, and then what happens? We have like an onboarding uh, conversation, or, or like, I don't know. How yeah, yeah, does of course. It all, so, uh, yeah, so we have um, we, we have patients that come to us uh, um, from diff two different perspectives. First of all, we have. First of all, we have um, patients who have already received a medical diagnosis. So we may have a, um, a patient that knows what their prognosis is. Um, they, they, they may know what type of treatment they're after, but they just simplify um, some choices. Um, so what we do in that, that situation um, is we try to identify appropriate treatment centers for those uh, individuals. We can arrange a free consultation, medical consultation between them and the clinic, and then we just um, once that consultation is, is taken place, the individuals are then obviously are free then to make their own arrangements with, with, with the clinic. Um, alternatively, we, we also have people that come to us um, who haven't had a, a diagnosis. So dependent upon where they live, um, we can then um, advise um, about who they may see in the first instance to get that diagnosis. Once they achieve a diagnosis, then they can come back to us, and then we can we can identify um, treatment providers for them. What we what we will say to any inquiries that we have is that um, we will we are all about choice. So um, our aim is to give uh, any person who inquires about treatment options with us um, a number of different alternatives. So we will we will never say go to this one clinic in this. Um, we will offer them um, a number of alternatives in a number of countries. Now, of course, yeah. I can imagine that with uh, the current timing, the current 
world pandemic. Um, your business is impacted a lot. Um, how do you cope with, with this, this? Because, of course, not everyone is free to travel, depending on, on the countries they are, or depending on even the specific countries to enter. Yeah, I mean, um, like anyone, I suppose, in, in the fertility uh, industry or uh, the travel industry, um, particularly, uh, the last 14 months or so have, has been uh, very, very difficult. Um, very difficult for fertility patients themselves because they, they have been obviously very frustrated in not being able to travel themselves. Um, we have used the 12 months or so just maintaining contact with those patients that we've spoken to in the past um, and offered any support whilst they've not been able to travel um, and also just making sure that they were adequately prepared for when the time is right to travel. So we spent a lot, a lot of time making sure that um, patients are aware of the different options that they have. We, we've, we've facilitated conversations between patients and clinics. So when borders are open, um, we hopefully, hopefully then those patients will be able to travel uh, relatively quickly. Now, I can also imagine that um, with nowadays society, um, that, that a lot more fertility problems arise. Um, I'm thinking of, of the impact of uh, technology on our fertility. I, I think um, we all know like uh, extended use of your mobile phone uh, in your pocket can uh, have an effect on your sterility, for example. Um, I can also imagine, for example, uh, nowadays that, that the family is not the first focus anymore uh, in, in, in the family life. It's more like having a career and then come the kids. So we get pregnant at a later age, which can also cause more difficulties in, in getting pregnant. Is that also something you notice uh, on the, the type of people uh, that reach out of, to you? Uh, or do you have people from all ages and all uh, yeah, so, so I would say um, at this moment, uh, the vast majority of patients that we work with uh, are age 35 to 50. Um, those patients, uh, they're a mixture, really. There are a number of people who have tried um, over, an, over a long period unsuccessfully to conceive, and they've come to us perhaps after receiving two, three, four, five plus IVF cycles in their own country. Um, and now they've got to the point where, you know, they're getting older uh, and they're looking further afield to, to um, uh, access treatment. We're also um, speaking to a number of women who have delayed trying to get uh, pregnant um, because of a number of reasons, including, including perhaps um, doing uh, their own career. Um, historically, that perhaps would have been challenging, um, but as new treatments have come onto the market, um, it does give older uh, women um, a better opportunity to uh, achieve uh, a pregnancy. Uh, for instance, now we have a lot of women who inquire about uh, freezing their eggs. Um, and that seems to be a, an area which there, where there's a lot of growth and a lot of interest, particularly during the last 12 months, uh, when women couldn't access 
treatment. So they've had a look at sort of um, alternative options, and one of those options has been to freeze their uh, their eggs um, in the hope that they may well use those at a future point in time to uh, aid conception. Now, how how do you deal with uh, sometimes the disappointment if, if, for example, an IVF doesn't uh, work from the first try? Uh, because I can imagine uh, having dealt with with fertility problems yourself, um, that must touch you on a personal basis, also, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's extremely. Um sad disappointing frustrating when things don't happen um particularly when um someone has experienced sort of um multiple and successful cycles uh what i would say is that although um the ivf sort of procedure and treatments have have developed greatly in the in the last 40 years um it still doesn't work for every single person um so uh, disappointment is something that um, we've certainly got used to on a, a personal and a professional basis. Um, and it's something that we try to prepare our patients for when they access our services for the first time. Um, there's no guarantees in, 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 in any of these types of treatments. Um, and really, we spend a lot of time supporting patients, preparing them for, um, for what may come, whether it may be sort of positive or, or negative. Um, but we, we make sure that um, that patients from from day one really are realistic um, and know that treatments can work, but um, a lot of them don't. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's a, a, a sort of a central part of the work that we do. Now, of course, you also have the the other side where, uh, thanks to the company people are getting pregnant and, and I can imagine you have lots of birth cards uh, on a, a sticky wall somewhere uh, of people say, saying thanks, showing their gratitude in helping to get that family life, to get that, that future into their hands. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the, um, the great things about the, the job. Um, in fact, we've had uh, um, great news uh, today. Um, we've been working with uh, um, a couple, in it, and it's uh, unusual in the sense that it's a fairly young couple, uh, mid-20s, and the, um, the woman had um, early menopause, so she had her menopause at the age of uh, 19, um, and has been able to uh, get pregnant or carry a pregnancy um, ever since and she and her partner have had, I believe now, eight um, unsuccessful cycles. Um, and then two years ago, we were able to put them in contact with a particular clinic in Madrid, who um, did a lot of support work for the couple. Um, and we found out today that the couple were in fact were pregnant. Um, thank you. And then that's absolutely great news because uh, for a young couple to have gone through that number of unsuccessful treatments, they've, been, they've, they've had treatments uh, across the world in their own home country, in three or four other countries. Um, and to be able to help someone like that actually achieve a pregnancy uh, after so long, um, and they sort of, this was really their last opportunity, the fact that they've actually got pregnant. 
Um, it's absolutely fantastic, and it just makes you know this job worthwhile. Yeah, and if you would be able to to have like the, the let's say the, the the ultimate goal of the company, uh, the ultimate ultimate objective of the company, um, is it to get everyone pregnant or to, to get everyone to help everyone all over the world? Yeah, I think it's just. I, I think it, you know the ultimate aim would be yes to get to get people who are looking about their own families pregnant. Um, but equally, I think um, is if we are able to make that fertility journey that much easier for someone wherever they may live, um, we are happy. It's very, it's very, very difficult. Lots of information out there, and it's very, very difficult for patients to. Feel vulnerable because they can't conceive um, to actually find appropriate information. Um, and if we can share information that, that you know, might help their journey, might make them uh, less frustrated or less sad, um, I think we're doing a good job. Now, for people that are listening at the moment and are thinking like, uh, maybe you should just reach out to you guys um, to do to. to help because they're in in the situation at the moment um could be couples could be single parents um, yeah. where can they reach out so uh, in the first instance they can take a look at our website which is uh, www.internationalfertilitycompany.com and on the website we have all of our contact details so we have um Patients contact details if they want to speak to patients who have travelled personally. Uh, they can contact me personally uh, via Andrew at internationalfertilitycompany.com. They can uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, all under International Fertility Company. Um, if they have any individual inquiries, um, they can send us an email, uh, ring us, um, uh, and we'll respond straight away. That everything we do, all of the advice that we give, uh, is completely independent. We're not funded by any treatment provider in any country, um, and all the information is completely free. Thank you for making the time for this interview. I think um, what you're doing is 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 an absolute must. Um, definitely, in 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 like I said uh, during the interview, there are some countries uh, where it's still taboo. I think it's even. Even talking here uh, in Belgium, uh, um, and that's, I think, yeah, that's a European country. It's a bit of a shame, but even talking uh, about it here, not everyone would be so open about it uh, on how they got pregnant. Um, I yeah. think even here, it's still uh, a taboo. And I think uh, with everything you're doing with your company, it, it's like getting it out there that that's, yeah. Getting, yeah, getting pregnant is not just limited to nature. We can just lend a hand from time to time. Yeah, the most, I mean, I think the most important thing is that um, if you're going through any sort of fertility issue whatsoever, um, it's easily, easy to feel isolated uh, and alone. Um, but you've got to take a step back and realize that you are not, Lots of other people are experiencing similar feelings to, to yourself. Um, there are organizations like the International Fertility Company out there that provide um, a free service 
we can put you in touch with other people going through a similar sort of experiences. Um, and you would do this, we're here just really to make that whole experience a lot easier for you. Thank you for taking time for the interview. Um, I think everyone that's listening now and is interested, of course, go to the website, reach out, uh, don't stay alone and, and, and yeah, know that there's lots of people in the same situation and with a little yeah. help, everything's possible. Perfect. Great. Thank you very much. And until next time.